What's good, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Amateur Lucky TIS podcast with your host, Jai Shields. Got a good show for you today. We're going to touch on Manny Machado getting his $300 million contract uh, earlier in the week. I'll also touch on and give you my opinion and give you my thoughts on the contract and where I think Bryce Harper should go and where I think he should uh, sign. I'll touch on uh, University of North. I'll touch on NC, that's North Carolina, and Duke and Zion Williamson injury that happened, uh, I believe, Wednesday night. And I'll also touch on the start of the 2019 spring training sessions around Major League Baseball. Uh, real quick, just to get this on the board NBA All Star Weekend did not spend one second on it. The slam dunk contest I heard was a disgrace. The three point I heard wasn't bad. Steph Curry made it to the finals and lost to some no name. None of you all have never heard of. Uh, the game itself, I can't get into that. I mean, last thing I'm doing on a Sunday for President's Day weekend is watching NBA All Star Game, which is a complete bore and a complete snooze fest. You know, I, hockey, I'm pretty sure it's good. I'm not a big hockey guy, but I'm pretty sure their All Star Game is good. I can't get I can't get into the NFL and NBA. Their All Star Games are just ugh, what a complete waste of time they are. The NFL, of course, because it's a contact sport, is you know it's it's like watching you know puppy foot. I don't even know what what the heck do you call it, but the NFL Pro Bowl is an is a joke, and the NBA All Star Game is a complete bore because you're seeing playground hardcore one v one type black blacktop type type stuff, which isn't NBA basketball. On top of the fact that they're they already play no defense in regular season games and games that actually matter. I mean, what makes you think they're gonna try any harder in an exhibition game that means nothing? But anyway, just to get those two things on the board with the NBA and uh and real quick I'll touch on the AAF since I'm thinking about it. Um haven't seen as much as I did the first week, been busy. Uh when I have watched I just see either strong defense or weak, weak, weak offensive performances, whether it's the receivers dropping open passes or whether it's the quarterbacks don't know what to do with the football or what, but the AAF, it's all right, but I guess it'll probably be a time where I, you know, want to sit down and watch some AAF football, but since the first week, I've had a little trouble getting in, getting into it myself, but anyway, that's not here and there. Main point of this opening monologue is bright is excuse me Manny Machado who signed a three hundred million dollar three hundred million dollar uh, contract ten years with the San Diego uh, Padres the pa- the uh, Padre actually is it the Padres or Machado I think it's the Padres that have a um, that have the option to opt out after year five, so they don't have to uh, pay. So they don't have to pay Manny all that, uh, you know, all that money. Or if he, you know, he screws up some way somehow, and if they don't, you know, start to show show signs of them winning, you know, they can uh, they can cut them loose. But 
Here's what I think on the trade. Or, excuse me, on the free agency deal. Manny Machado is a great, and if he keeps it up, a Hall of Fame caliber baseball player. A phenomenal third, a phenomenal third baseman defensively. Won a platinum glove in 2013, in case those of you forgot. Is a phenomenal third baseman. Just ask me and any Orioles fan out there. I mean, Manny Machado. When you when you're 20, 21 years old, getting compared to Brooks Robinson, you're, you've done something right. And and he's just as great as a hitter as he is on defense. And he is going to be a third baseman for the San Diego Padres. None of that shortstop crap. I mean, he was somebody trying to tell us, uh, you know, this past summer that I'm a shortstop. Yeah, man. Okay, fine. If the you know, if the New York Yankees would have given you five hundred million dollars to, to you know to uh, beat a bullpen catcher, you you'd take it. So, anyways, but. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. I mean, after the trade to the Dodgers, he hit two seventy. He hit two seventy three, and had twenty nine extra base hits and two hundred and ninety six plate appearances. I mean, Manny Machado. I mean, he, for for the Padres standpoint, it's it's mixed. I feel that it's a nice investment, and Manny Machado is worth every penny, even though. He's shown signs that he can be a little bit of a headache. And the idea that he's saying he's not Mr. Hustle scares you a little bit, which kind of you can understand why Manny chose San Diego because, you know, who's going to be watching Padres and Pirates, you know, in the middle, uh, you know, in early June when you, when you have the NBA Finals going on and you have a series between, you know, the Yankees and Red Sox, you know, no, no one's not going to pay attention to May Machado, you know, in the in the middle of the season. But anyway, it's a nice signing if you're the San Diego Padres. It this is a franchise that has not been to World Series since 1998 when they got beat by the Yankees. This is a team that is missing, that really hasn't had a big-time remote stopper superstar since the days of the late Tony Gwynn back in the 90s. So, you understand where the Padres are coming from, but at the same time, it can also come back to bite them in the butt because, as we all know, in baseball, you can't win a championship with one player, especially taking up all of the, uh, all of, most of the payroll. I mean, and they and the Padres tried this before with James Shields and uh, Eric Hosmer. I mean, we I can go down the list if you want me to. I mean, they Justin Upton. They've they've tried this before, trying to sign on big names and winning. And just because you quote unquote win the off season doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win in the regular season, the season where you actually play baseball. But now, I would not be surprised if this signing comes back to bite the Padres in the butt and may even try to return this too because this is simply all about money. If, I don't care what man say, this is all about money because the Padres are in no position to win in 2019, 20, and maybe not even 2021. So you got three years of that 10-year deal 
where basically Manny Machado is not going to see postseason baseball. So for the next three years, our last memory of Manny Machado in a postseason game is when he was when he made the final out. Uh, back in uh, this past October to give you know, made the final out in World Series back in October to give the Red Sox their third champ their fourth championship in this uh, millennium. So, so to, uh, take so keep that in mind as well. But again, Machado all for the money uh, and good for him. He deserves it. He is a phenomenal third baseman a phenomenal baseball player and it's and it just seems like just when you thought that maybe child's going to do something that would make Orioles fans and all of his fans and supporters out there hate him hate his guts for the rest of his life he goes ahead and sign and goes as far away as Baltimore as he possibly can in the most really one of the most remote places in the sport and signs in San Diego which which you only see the Padres want once every three years, and ironically enough, this is the this is the season where the Orioles will see the San Diego Padres, as the Padres will head to Camden Yards to play the Orioles. That'll be Manny Machado's, uh, really his first game back in, playing back in Camden Yards since. The uh, since the last game before the All Star break back in July, but will make his he'll play his first game in an Oriole Park. At, not a member as the Baltimore Orioles. I'm gonna pull it up right now. That game is June 25th. That's a Tuesday. As the as the Padres come into town for a two game series, the 25th and 26th. That's, June that's Tuesday, June the twenty fifth. So then May Machado makes his return back to Baltimore. It'll be interesting to see how the crowd responds. I think I think they'll cheer him. You know, he went went to the Padres. He did as much as he could. He gave the fans something to cheer about and something to be excited for for the first time prior to, since uh, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, I think he'll get a good reception. One. Again, multiple all-star with the Orioles. Uh, great, just great, phenomenal memories as, as him as an Oriole. You know, drafted, groom and raised, how he started his career. First hit in the leagues as a triple. Second game of his career, he had, he hits two home runs. You know, won a platinum glove in 2013. So I think he'll get a warm reception when he returns back to Baltimore in late June. But... You know, if you're the Padres standpoint, it's a, it's a good signing. But then again, it can come back and bite you in the butt. Because, you know, if you don't win and show any signs of improvement or if you rush all of those prospects up and 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 waste, practically waste them and waste their career and waste their development, then this signing can absolutely come back and bite you in the rear end. Manny, it's all about money, but he also has to be careful that he doesn't, like in Albert Pujols, like a Robinson Cano, you know, take the big money and then, while, and then end up being stuck in the same place, you know, for, for you know, I'm exaggerating, but for practical eternity because, 
you know, he wants to win, but, you know, you're stuck, you're stuck in a contract, and you may not be as great as you were before you took the money and all that sort of stuff. But Yankees stayed away from him. Uh, the White Sox gave him an offer. Manny didn't want it. I believe it was just under $300 million with, with the incentives that the, that the uh, White Sox had in their contract offer to Manny. He would have he made, made way more than $300 million dollars if he would have uh, signed with the uh, White Sox. You know, the Orioles, of course, weren't in the mix. But uh, I'll tell you, if he ain't, let's. I hope I tell you one thing. There was nothing that make me happy is that the Orioles are in a are in a position to contend five years from now, which is the time where I I should look that up when Manny can opt out of that contract he has. But it was I think it's the team that can opt out of it, if I'm not mistaken. But. You know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if the Padres really sit where they are for the next five years and the Orioles, you know, com become competitive and a place to win in five years. Who knows? I'd, I'd tell you, I'd sure love to see him back in an Orioles uniform to try to help us and compete to win ourselves the championship for the first time since 1983. But because, man, he got this money now, I don't want to hear MLB players, you know, Adam Wainwright, who who basic who pitched forty innings and took home twenty million dollars. I don't want I don't want to hear him. I don't want to hear Verlander. You know who's in here moaning and groaning. Verlander, shut up. You 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 won Cy. You have Cy Youngs. You are a World Series champion, and you and you are married and have a kid. By the way, to at at least at the time about what five years ago the hottest, most gorgeous woman on the face of the earth, that's Kate Upton. So, she has money, you have money, shut up. Contract's guaranteed, shut up. I don't want to hear you moan and groan and complain about, because apparently because the owners who have gotten smart and don't want to basically give good, good, in-between mediocre type players that, you know, because they don't want to give them a, a yacht with with five hundred million dollars. You guys make it seem like that you are on, uh, you know, uh, life support or uh, food stamps, please. So I don't want to hear him. I don't want to hear Wayne Wright. I don't want to hear any of these players moaning, growing, complaining about how we can't get the big time contracts and how baseball is going to pay and there's going to be hell to pay and we're going to strike and we're going to tear the league down and tear up the rules and get away. Uh, shut up, okay? Manny got his. If Man Machado was 26, I think he's 26 years of age, getting 300, making, you know, 50, I think 50 million a year. If you, uh, if you do the math, let's say 50, whatever. But it might, who, I'm not here to teach math, I'm here to talk sports. But anyway, if he has a $300 million contract that he signed and is going to play and going to live up to, I don't care, okay? Shut up, be quiet, play your game, and get over yourselves. Because players who really should be barking and complaining are football players who get who get hosed by the owners, by the owners, you know, with PSLs and 
putting games in prime, putting games late at night for television so they can make money, forcing them to play Thursday night football and 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 extra unwarranted preseason games or anything else. You don't hear them say a peep, not not a word, and their contracts aren't guaranteed. God forbid they are one bad injury and it's all gone. Or that or they have a string, a couple of bad games. They hit the unemployment line the next day and they don't get another check. You know, if Justin Verlander gets cut by the Astros before opening day, they're still the Astros are still gonna have to owe him money. Just ask Bobby Bonilla who gets a who gets a million dollar check every July first from you know from forget the exact year when he signed the contract, but up until two thousand and twenty six. So I don't, I don't want, I don't want to hear players moaning, growing about contracts. Take a break. I'll touch on where I think Bryce Harper will sign. He is, he is the second of of the two big name free agents out there on the free agent market. I'll touch on where I think he will go, and touch on his situation right after this. Welcome back to I'm gonna tell like a Ti is podcast. Here now, uh, let's switch gears to Bryce Harper, who is the second unsigned free agent in Major League Baseball, the big name out there. Uh, it's weird with him. He's been offered multiple $300 million deals by plenty of teams. The Nationals have made him an offer in late September, for, like right around the time when the season was over. The White Sox have offered one. He turned them down. The Phillies offered one. He's still in negotiation. I mean, if I'm Bryce Harper, what is he waiting for? You know, and the Nationals made offer in late September, and since they've backtracked, you know, the team and the GM and the owner is like, well, we we bid uh, Bryce Harper adieu. We bid him farewell, and we wish him the best because. Bottom line, Bryce Harper is not going to be in Washington National in 2019. But his best bet really should be see if he can kind of roll with you guys for one more year. Because, honestly, you turning down $300 million deals left and right. I mean, either A, Harper is dumb. B, it falls back on Boris, who, who you know, who there's a warrant out for his arrest in part of a con man scheme, him and his partner in crime, Chris Davis, for the idea that we as Baltimore Orioles fans are basically stuck with this loser for the next four to five years, giving him what is seven years, $161 million deal he signed was one reason why we're in this, we're, we're in, we are in the craft to begin with. And the reason why I made Machado Probably one reason why May Machado is a San Diego Padre and not still a Baltimore Oriole. But anyway, Harper, I mean, he's turned down deals left and right. You know, where where will he go? I If I'm him, I'm seeing if I can squeeze back with the Nationals for one year. You know, the Yankees want no parts of him. And really, the Yankees, what they did, they forfeited signing Harper. 
by uh, taking on Stanton's contract in a trade that they agreed with with the uh, Florida Marlins or the Florida Marlins, the Miami Marlins back at the winter meetings last year. I mean, if think about it, if the Yankees do not make that trade with uh, Stanton, who's making approximately the money that Harper would probably want from the Yankees, you know, the the, the Yankees would have would have Harper. Be quite, they'd be perfect. They'd be right in line to sign Bryce Harper, you know. And he he's the guy that they you know he's the guy that rumors since two thousand and sixteen two thousand seventeen has been swirling around as him Bryce Harper and his dad having this Yankee Yankee this Mickey Mantle fetish you know from the beginning you know because gosh darn it my son was put on this earth to be a New York Yankee that's all out the door now because the Yankees made that trade to sign Giancarlo Stanton back in December so they bit so they shot themselves in the foot with that and they don't want because then it's not enough space because then remember they still have to pay Ellsbury Gardner's not going anywhere. They also have Aaron Hicks. And then they have Judge, who eventually, if he stays healthy and keeps up his great play, they're going to have to pay eventually sometime. And then they have Stanton, who they have to pay off his contract, that he, the, the 300 I think $325 million contract that the Marlins, that Derek Jeter basically gave to us, to uh Hal Steinbrenner and uh, Brian Cashman. So there's 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 no room for uh, for Bryce Harper on the for on the Yankees team. And you and you, you heard like you know you heard re- reported you know anonymously. I don't know if you did or not, but you know you heard in the uh, Nationals locker room that Bryce Harper wasn't the best you know player fundamental wise. Then run then run out you know. Then run out um, ground balls. He was poor with the base running, you know, missing cutoff men and everything else. And, you know, maybe that's kind of gotten to the uh, to these teams a little bit. You know, Machado is a Machado. Here's the thing: Harper is more marketable and more of an eye popper type of a player. He's more flashy. More superstar ick, if that's even a word, but he 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 pops out more than Machado does, you know, because he's get you know he's got the Bryce Harper line with Under Armour. He does the uh, Gatorade commercials. He's on the cover of MLB the Show nineteen, you know. He's got he's got the nice hey he's got the nice hair with the beard and everything else, you know. So you know he 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 you know now. You'd pay to watch Manny Machado, but Bryce Harper, you pay. Bryce Harper's gonna try to put on a show. You know, he's gonna try to hit the ball as far and as hard as he can. He's gonna bat flip when he hits it. When he hits it four hundred and fifty feet out, he's gonna try to. He's always gonna try to throw out the guy at home. He's gonna, you know, any chance he gets, he's gonna flash and show that and show off that hair of his. You know, that's the type of guy Harper is. You know, he he's he's a marketable guy, I guess you can say he's a bit of a diva, but at the same time, May Machado's a lot better than Harper, and I said this from the beginning, May Machado is a much better player than Harper is, he's more consistent, 
He is a better hitter, overall hitter, than Bryce Harper is. And he's a better, he's a better defender than Bryce Harper is. And Bryce Harper is inconsistent. One year he can hit, you know, 340, 35 home runs and 115 RBIs. One MVP next year he hits, you know, he hits 220, 20, 25 home runs and drives in 86, you know. So, and he's, you know, Harper is a very, he can have real high years and he can have real low years. And bottom line is, man, Machado's contract year, he put up the best stats he ever he's ever had in his life. You know, you know, whether it's playing for the worst team in baseball, as it's the Baltimore Orioles, or playing for the best team in the National League, second best team in baseball, that made the World Series, and uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, Manny's contract year. best he's ever played statistically. He can go look it up. Average home runs are. Best season he's ever had was his contract year in 2018. Bryce Harper, his worst season he's ever played in his contract year in 2018. And you can see why Harper, you know, why Machado was signed and Harper isn't. I mean, it, I mean, it put the uh, proofs in the pudding, folks. Cream rises to the top. When, it, when it's time for those two players to shine and showcase you know, the uh, the market out there about what, what they are and what they're about and, you know, and showcase off their skills and their talent. You know, Machado, he he rose to the occasion. This, and he and he could have had every excuse in the book not to play well. Playing for playing for a bet, playing for the worst team in the league last year in the Orioles, you know, going up against Yankees, Red Sox, you know, and, and then got traded to Darts. He could have used the idea of getting used to the. He's an East Coast kid from Miami, and then playing in, in you know, playing minor league ball in on the East Coast. You could use the excuse of him getting traded. You know, he's an East Coast kid. Got used. Got to get used to the West Coast time. You know, doesn't know where everything is. Still trying to figure out a huge city and a huge market. That's the L.A. Orange County area. You know, he's, he's going up and in, against pitching. He hasn't typically seen much of in his career. You know, he, he could have he could have pulled every excuse in the book and it would have been uh, all right, and he would have had a fair argument. Harper, on the other hand, his team was in a position to contend. You know, it was you know what <laughs> Harper, he just he just didn't show up. Team was in a position to contend. Best player on the team did not get traded. You know, playing the same team going to be insane. Every, I mean, it was so easy for Harper to succeed in his contract year. He he flat out laid an egg. He laid an egg. You know, on top of the fact, you know, Machado this past season, you know, he, Machado's played in the World Series. And. And he's helped his team twice, and he and he's helped us. And he he plays played in the World Series, played in a division series his rookie season in two thousand and twelve, and even though he only played about you know sixty something games, fifty something games, he helped the Orioles win their first division title since ninety seven in two thousand fourteen. You know until he hurt hurt his knee in early August against the Yankees. And he's played in, you know, in a wild card game in 2016 against uh, Toronto. 
And Bryce Harper has yet to get out of the first round in the playoffs. That, that also has something to do with it, too, when you, when you get right down to it. And if I'm Harper, I, I'm, seeing enough, I'm seeing if I can get with the Nationals or get with a, you know some team that needs an outfielder for 2019. I'd see if I can sign a short, little quick one-year deal with them. You know, if you don't want to go to DC, back to DC, fine. But go to a t- go to a team that's ready to contend. You know, and show off your skills there. I don't, if you want to sign a one year deal with the Orioles, I will not complain. You want to sign a one year deal with the Orioles, show off your hitting in that band box of the ballpark, kind of get the pressure off of Chris Davis. So be it. But if I'm him and he's turned down these three hundred million dollars, I don't know what else he wants. I mean, if he wants to be a Yankee that bad, he can pretty much forget it because Yankees ain't got no room for him. I mean, these are the Yankees, but even still, they have no room for him. Keep in mind, they also at one point or another still want to pay Aaron Judge on his payday. Is it? Take a break, touch on UNC and Duke again and Zion Williamson's injury that occurred Wednesday night back after this. Welcome back to the Amatel Like a TIS podcast. Switching gears now to the hardwood in the uh, national, uh, national, the, uh, well, actually the National Collegiate Athletic Association, otherwise known as the NCAA, men's division one play between number one Duke and number eight ranked North Carolina that took place Wednesday night that basically had people that basically was charging just as much as you were for uh, Super Bowl tickets you know those prices were getting up to the you know the three and five thousand dollar price tag range had people from Spike Lee to former President Barack Obama in attendance I mean Jay, I mean, we want to talk about a big time basketball game as far as the hype and the and the uh, and the uh, just the spectacle of it all. You want to talk about big time basketball? That's big time basketball. But um, getting to the game, uh, as you all know, thirty four seconds into the game, Zion Williamson, the big time uh, prodigy, if you call him, for the Blue Devils, blew out his shoe. And uh, had a uh, knee sprain and did not return and did, did not return. And meanwhile, North Carolina didn't look back as it never trailed in the game as they won 88-72. What and just with the injury, you could tell it took it absolutely killed Duke. It the fa- the air the air totally went out of the stadium. Whether it was the bench, whether it was Coach, I guess you could say it's Coach K, but the bench, the fans, and the, and his teammates on the on the floor. I mean, they had. I mean, can you show a little life? I mean, and, and my you know, my American literature teacher. Uh, now I won't mention his name, but my American literature teacher is a Duke graduate. You know, Thursday morning he was like, it's like it really sucks. When you when you build your team around one player, because then when he's gone, what else do you have? And he was he he came right right on on Front Street, and he and he told me like the team was dead, dead as a doornail, dull as dishwater. 
after Zion's injury, and you can and you can wonder why. You know, he's a big time player. He's he's the reason why he's he, folks. He's the reason why the tickets were worth three great were worth three grand and beyond, and the reason why former President Barack Obama had courtside seats. And he's the he's the reason why. You know, he's the reason why that game was even a little late for my taste, but for my taste, but he's the reason why. You know, it's a sold-out crowd on a Wednesday night on a nationally televised game on ESPN. You know, he's the reason why. So you can kind of understand that. I know people feel for the worst, but, you know, torn Achilles, torn ACL, and everything else. But still, I mean, you got to have some life. You got to have a little bit of gumption, a little bit of go get them. Like, even though our best players off the court, we can't sit up here and, and fold and give the game to Duke. Or, excuse me, to uh, the Tar Heels. Your biggest rival in the sport, you cannot under whether it's basketball or lacrosse. I mean, you guys hate that. You're the New York Yankees. They are your Boston Red Sox. Under any circumstances, you cannot allow North Carolina to come into your building and 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 basically not even give you a shot in beating you 88 to 72. That under any circumstances, you can not have happen to you. I don't care if it's. I don't care if it's Williamson that gets hurt, if it's Christian Leighton that gets hurt, or if or if it's Kyrie Irving that gets hurt. You cannot, under any circumstances, allow to basically get punked and rattled and shake, rattled and rolled out your building by the Tar Heels. That you cannot do under any circumstances. And that team Wednesday night was as dead as a doornail. I mean, dead, finished, finito, gone, zilp, zitch, see ya. Absolutely pathetic performance by Duke. And the idea that Zion Williamson should hang it up and protect his career and protect himself, you know, so he can be the first overall pick in the NBA draft so he can, you know, pull up with the circus that is the New York Knicks. It's such utter utter garbage and utter nonsense. It's ridiculous. I mean, when you first pick up, and Chris Russo, my main man on SiriusXM, he brought up this point earlier in the week, and I full-heartedly agree with him. Do you pick up a basketball because you're pre at you know the young age because you're preoccupied on the money you make and the fame and the, and the girls you get to date and sleep with or whatever, or do you pick up a basketball because you love the sport itself? It's for the love of the game that gets you started. And when Zion Winston was starting as a young kid in his in his local school gym or YMCA gym or out in his, out in his driveway or uh, or wherever, his idea wasn't to you know be occupied about being the first overall pick in the NBA draft and then and making boatloads of money and shoe deals and commercials and everything else. No picked up basketball and decided to play because something in him struck one day saying he loved the sport. And if it's about the love, and if it's really about the love of the game, which is the whole reason why these athletes have the possession, have the profession and are in a situation that they're in, is because of the love of the game and the love of the sport. You know, when Manny Machado was growing up in, uh, in uh, Miami, his idea wasn't to one day I'm going to make $300 million uh, type money. No, 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 no. His dream was to make his family proud and to go ahead and play and and uh, and uh, pick and pick up a sport that he liked, 
and you know, and can take it on from there. For the for the love of the game of baseball is the reason why Manny Machado made three hundred million dollars. Not because he woke up one morning in the Miami Heat and said, you know what, I want to make three hundred million dollars playing baseball. No, no, he did it for the love of the game. And at the same time, that's what Zion Williamson has to realize is that he and and and. He's that he hasn't decided this, which is a good job on his part. But the idea for you know the 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 young kids out there, you know who 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 are who make it seem like that the that the NCAA is you know such a ridiculous communist, you know, and I get it. They don't they don't pay the players, and they make such a money off of it, and I agree. That, that is wrong and that something has to be changed and how they don't allow players to at least make money off of endorsement deals and everything. I understand that, but at the same time, he plays for Duke. He plays for Duke. He plays for Coach K and he and he is and he plays the sport because he loves it. He plays the sport because he loves it. And the idea that all you young kids and young people out there bounce around on Twitter, you know, who, you know, who don't, who, who wouldn't know Christian Leitner from, from, uh, from uh, Bob Cousy, you know, please, shut up. He plays it because of the love of the game. And, he doesn't owe Duke anything as far as his, as far as his, you know, as far as cash and finances is concerned. But he owes his, he, but he owes Duke in a sense as that he owes Coach K, he owes his teammates, he owes his, his, his uh, fellow classmates and his fellow Duke student body. And his friends at Duke, he owes them to go back out there and play. You know, it's not like that Zion Williamson is playing for, you know, is playing for uh, Miami or is playing for, you know, Alabama or playing for uh, Lafayette. No, 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 no. He is playing for Duke. The Duke Blue Devils, which is a basketball mecca and is a basketball, along with the cross, bas- but basketball comes first in Duke. You think you, you hear Duke, you think Christian Leitner, you think Coach K, you think hey, you think of the reasons why you hate Duke is because of the basketball team. You know, Duke is college basketball. I mean, let's just call it like you see it. Duke is college basketball, bottom line, and... He owes the sport that he loves and the sport that he's been playing since he was knee high to a duck, and he owes and he owes Coach K, his teammates, and the Duke student body and the Duke fan base. Not necessarily the university itself, but the people that make and but the people and the groups of people that make up Duke University. He owes that, and my American literature teacher included. He owes them. Uh, the, the, he owes them the right to go out there, or the right, the whatever you want to call. But he owes them to go out there now, and he's already decided again. He's going. I'm not talking to him. I'm talking to the people who think that he should forget about you know the uh, uh, the, the NBA players that'll come to me. But 
but you know who sit up here and say f the ncaa and you know you know who i'm talking about i just can't think of the names running off the top of my head but i'm speaking to them you know zion's you know he's on he's with me he's listening to me he's going out there and go give it a try because bottom line is duke is in a position to win a national championship and it's bad enough it's one and done and it's you know, and it's a niche sport and the players only go there one year and they head for the NBA. It's bad enough that. So if you're going to, so he's looking at it this way. If I'm going to, if I'm only going to be here one year, I owe it to the university and the people to make up the university and college basketball fans all over America to, fi- to finish the job. After all, I, after all, I do play for Duke, and after all, we are ranked number one and are looking to win a national championship. And when nothing will look better in me heading into the NBA draft as a national champion rather than someone who who injured his knee on a freak accident and decided to hang it up and decided to hang it up college-wise, he plays the NBA, and his confidence is so shattered and his and his stuff of a pl- and you know stuff that makes up him as a player wasn't what it used to be and and he be- and he becomes a bench player or an NBA journeyman so you got to look at it from that aspect as well take a break I'll touch on M- MLB spring training that started up the last time we chatted about what 2 weeks ago and I'll touch on, you know, a couple things bouncing around in the news with the NBA back after this. Welcome back to Amateur Like Your TIS podcast. Switching gears now back to baseball and get a little NBA into the mix. Um, excuse me. Uh, MLB spring training starts has started already. Players and catchers reported uh, last week, and they started playing the first spring training games over this weekend. Uh, teams, of course, getting ready for the season. Uh, the Red Sox looking to repeat as champions. Yankees looking to challenge them and looking to avenge them for losing and losing to them in the uh, ALDS. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Dodgers looking to make it to their third straight World Series and hopefully, hopefully for their sake, actually win one. Uh, but you have that going on. Uh, Orioles are trying to be optimistic, trying to be as optimistic as possible, uh, and trying to put on a decent showing. I mean, I mean a decent showing for us Oriole fans and fan base out there. Uh, so, you know, you have that. Chris Davis trying to work out his little quirks. And, and uh, just, you know, hope springs eternal uh, for MLB teams. You know, and May Machado is first spring training with uh, the... Padres, of course, uh, but you have that really, really one big news out of uh, out of spring training is with the Dodgers, and that's with Clayton Kershaw, who's been shut down and definitely known to an arm issue. Uh, he's got a dead arm, basically. You know, just said he didn't. It said it hasn't felt right since his bullpen session on Thursday. 
so, you know, Clayton Kershaw, 30 years old, missed time for three straight seasons, mostly related to his back. But in 2018, he was out because of his biceps. So, Clayton Kershaw, and the Dodgers have done a good job, especially with the starting pitching, knowing the starting pitching is still staying strong with Kershaw out. I guess when you have to put up with it for three straight seasons, you kind of get used to it in that time around May, June, where Kershaw, you know, he starts to wear down a little bit. You know, 30 years of age isn't no young spring chicken. But, you know, if the Dodgers want to win a championship and make it to their third straight World Series in a row, he's going to be a big part of that. But, again, he has to stay healthy, and he has to get healthy and remain to stay healthy in order for that to occur. But if you're a Dodger fan, you might as well get the little injury, weird injury kinks out the way early in February rather than have them in May, June, July, and August. So you have that. NBA, right quick, you know, I gave my thoughts on the All-Star game to begin the show. Anthony Davis, you know, trying to tell us, well, every almost every team in the league he's open to trade to, which, again, no one... No one, absolutely no one believes that crap, uh, but nothing really going on in the NBA. They just resumed play since, uh, for, I think they resumed Thursday play after the long all-star break. Lakers trying to get the eighth seed in the NBA uh, playoffs, so you have that. But uh, other than that, that's pretty much it as, you know, we really have until uh, we really March Madness, basically, which is about a few weeks away. That's very, really the biggest thing that's going to happen in sports right now. Uh, but as of, you know, as of right now, it's, you know, May Machado being signed, where will Harper go and. Little college basketball here and there, but that's about it, you know. Unless you get into the NBA or the AAF or spring training baseball, that's about it. As you know, we've kind of hit that little dead month, dead part of the uh, sports calendar that really occurs after, really the week after the uh, Super Bowl. And you're really kind of stuck until you hit March Madness, and then after March Madness, it picks up a little bit because you have. Because, you know, you come down to the wire in the NBA NHL seasons and April turns into mid-April and you get the Masters on top of the NBA and NHL playoffs and you're into the baseball regular season a little bit and then May comes and you have, you know, you more baseball, more MLB, of course, and then you get into the uh, conference semis and conference finals in the NHL and the NBA June comes, you got MLB and the NBA Finals, and then comes July, then you're stuck again, unless you can get into NBA uh, free agency talk. But anyway, and one thing before we get out of here, this show, the I'm Telling TIS podcast, has a Twitter account that was launched today. The It's the I'm Telling TIS with Jai Shields, that's the name of the account you can follow the account on twitter at twitter.com slash i t i l i t double i s or just put in the twitter handle at 
I-T-I-L-I-T-I-S. That's the Amatoka TIS podcast Twitter account. Uh, it has the link to the has the link to my uh, podcast on Spotify and the link to it on Apple iTunes, and it also has the link in the bio to the Anchor uh, website of the podcast, which is the medium that I do this podcast each and every each and every uh, week for you. But anyway, if you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, follow the Twitter account I just named. Uh, If you like what you heard, share with your friends and family and fellow sports fans out there. Uh, Even people you hate, share with them too and see if you guys can uh, agree on something on this this little uh, sports talk uh, podcast I have going. But anyway, thank you for listening to another episode of the I'm TIS podcast. Talk to you next week, maybe even Wednesday. Who knows? I'll, I'll check the check my check the show's Twitter and you'll find out. Uh, but anyway, I'm Josh Shields. Have a blessed and safe week, everybody. I'll talk to you later. See you.